Thanks to Feels for supporting FilmSack. Feels has me feeling my best every day, and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash filmsack and get 50% off your first order with free shipping. Have to fly. Have to fight. Have to crow. Have to save Maggie. Have to save Jack. Okay. This is Film Sack. <laughs> oh, sure. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to Film Sack, episode 457, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind. I'm Scott Johnson, joined today by Brian. He never lost his marbles done away. There they are. Oh, hi. Hi. This week on Film Hook, we fly away to a magical land of thud butts, friend zone fairies, and whatever the hell that is on Dustin Hoffman's face. <laughs> Second star to the right, and straight on till I'm snoring. Oh, no, I'm losing my happy thoughts. Randy's beard. <laughs> Scott's anti-glare glasses. Ibbitt's naked head. Ha, ah, there it is. Yes, I'm flying. Higher. We need to go higher, people. It's the early 90s and it's a time of flip phones and jaded dreams. But we need to go higher. Quick, set up another line of pixie dust on Ibbitt's smooth noggin. <laughs> Cock-a-doodle-doo, don't do drugs. Whoa, hold on. I just had an apostrophe. Saving Tink is the one thing that Hook could never do. No, I'm falling. Woe is me. <laughs> Woe is me. Really? Woe is me. Wow. Wow. That's, uh, I didn't know we'd get one of those. That's a lot fantastic. of four letter names in this movie, right? Hooks mm. me, Tink. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of F bombs. Hooks me, Tink. <laughs> Hooks me, Tink. Also, hey, Randy, uh, Randy, like Robin Williams for Hook, they had to shave him for this episode of Film Sack. Jordan. <laughs> Aloha, Scott. Brian. Brian. Yeah, my name is uh, Police Inspector Philip Genesis, and I'm here to provide you with an official conclusion on what we think happened here. I'm going to base this conclusion on the three pieces of evidence we've discovered. Number one, it looks like someone took a sharp object and ripped it all the way along every wall and every piece of furniture from the front door all the way up to the children's room. Real typical. We see this all the time. Number two, you've got two children missing. So you say, and a crazy man looking after them at night in a snowstorm. Number three, we've got a note here on parchment written by a quill that reads, quote, we anchor now you swabbies. What be I offered for this winsome wench? Stout-hearted and corn-fed she be. Yeah, boys, I'm forced to conclude this is a prank. I'm out of here. You're never going to see me again, and you'll probably wonder why I was here in the first place. Bye. Bye, Phil Collins. See you, Phil Collins. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, Phil Collins. That's right. See me here tonight. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, Finally with us, Brian, he uses earwax to shape his mustache as well, Ibit. 
oh, for for just one of many things. Yeah. Uh, hello, my name is Agent Mike Plurt. I'm from the Neverland Office of Child Protective Services. Can you tell me who's in charge here? Is, is nobody nobody in charge? What about the hot fruit fly over there? No. All right. Well, uh, I've been sent here to meet with you, Lost Boys. It's kind of a sexist name about some potential neglect issues. I guess I'll meet with you, Mister Rufy. Yeah. Rufy, Rufy O. Why do you keep saying it like that? Okay, I'm going to put down my form. Last initial O, first name Rufy. Great. Uh, first, can we talk about this groove track thing you've got here? Yeah, it took you a full five minutes from when I arrived for you to get down here. And I think you started from that platform just a few feet right behind me there. Uh, I'm going to need you to install some handrails uh, around this whole area, no shorter than three feet high, all mm -hmm. along the whole track, along the whole railing here. Um, next, are you guys all carrying knives and swords? Okay, that's that's really going to need to stop right now. By the way, the hot fruit fly, is she single? Yeah. No, she only, only has a thing for married men? Okay. All right, by the way, is there a bathroom here? Wait, one bathroom for the 40 of you? Oh, it's just that brightly colored muck swamp down there? Why is it all neon color? Oh, never mind. I see what you guys have been eating. Mm. Yeah, their Neapolitan needed work, man. There was some... It yeah. was more like sherbet... sherbet oh. uh, uh, I don't know what you call it. Sherbet rainbow. Rainbow sherbet. That's what I was looking for. Rainbow, rainbow sherbet. Yes. Sherbet. 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 They've been pooping in that swamp. Damn straight. Uh, the movie we're talking about is all your childhood favorites. Hook. Hook. Uh, Rolled into one. <laughs> that's right. It's uh, so, I mean, there are, so I've already heard from a bunch of them, but I know for a fact that there's a big part of our audience who were kids mm -hmm. in 91 who really look at Hook as man one of my favorite childhood movies and if you are you were a really young person then if you were like say the age 6 to 12 i bet this was amazing for you this was yeah. probably the time of your life the greatest spielbergian trip you ever took and for a lot of us who were in our very early 20s we were like, <laughs> we didn't like this. <laughs> this isn't the Spielberg we signed up for. Right. And this, you know, well, this is a guy that was, what, a year and a half away from Jurassic Park. He had just finished up uh, Last Crusade. Like, we knew the Spielberg we wanted, and this wasn't it. At least it didn't feel like it at the time. So I'm willing to say that I have some bias against this thing that was slightly alleviated last night when I watched it again. I have to admit... I enjoyed it a little more, and it's maybe because I went in going really like I don't want to watch Hook, freaking Hook, man. I don't want to. I don't think I'm into this. Because you'd seen it, you'd seen it recently too, right? Sort of ish recently, and, and so I did a little bit of a search back. You can do that weird database check of when you watch things on Netflix. I have this oh, link somewhere. I know that. Yeah, it's some weird hmm. tied into their API thing, and someone made a spreadsheet out of it, and I I'll find hmm. the link and send it to you guys. But you can find like what the first thing you ever watched on Netflix was, and stuff like that. Oh, wow. I'd love to see that. Yeah, I don't need to know that information. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool. But anyway, um, I did that. What? They've got all this soft, soft core uh, Korean porn right. on here? All right. <laughs> Weird. Who was watching Take that? my seven ninety nine a month. Didn't know that was there. Anyway, um, I had watched it about eight months ago. And sort of in passing, I think people were here. It was just sort of on. And I was really uninterested then. So I'm actually glad I got to do this again because... I paid more attention, uh, you know, looking for the things we look for on the show. I still think it has some major problems, and it's mm -hmm. still one of my least favorite Steven Spielberg films. I still think, you know, Crystal Skull is the real winner of the of that yeah. list. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard to uh, slip under that limbo pole, right? I mean, yeah. that's that is kind of the it's pretty the bad. basement of Spielberg. Yeah, <laughs> I really almost i I always forget. It's like there's two things to forget about this movie. 
first thing, it's not a Disney movie. And I always forget as mm, well yeah. <clears throat> that Spielberg directed it. Yeah. And uh, it's it doesn't feel like it feels like it should be somewhere else. It's like it's like Spielberg was in Neverland himself during this this movie. So well, he would even tell know. you that according to everything I could find, he wasn't he's not happy with the end result. He didn't he didn't right. end up liking it uh, very much. I guess what's her name was a huge pain in the butt on the set. Julia uh, Roberts, yeah, and she was breaking up. But with she was Kiefer. like a small problem. Yeah, well, she was in the process of ditching Kiefer Sutherland practically at the altar. Yeah. Uh, she went to she went to Ireland she has or something. Those sneakers on, right? Didn't she go? <laughs> didn't she go to Ireland and hit out and like uh, uh, like stayed there and wouldn't come home? And then and so it, during it was during production on this thing, and I guess Spielberg and other producers were so pissed. They're just like, dude. There's a lot that I can't remember what was true and what wasn't. For yeah. some reason, I'm thinking that she started hooking up with the other guy from Lost Boys that was uh, Michael. Oh, hook. <laughs> um, yeah, you like those maggots, Michael? Yeah. Like basically went from the leader of the vampires to the to the guy right. that they were all trying to get. Speaking of Lost Boys, holy cow! Look at that. Uh, yeah. All these tie-ins right here. Weird. Weird. I can't remember if it was if if it was just the rumor that she was with that guy or if she really did leave Kiefer Sutherland and start hanging out with the um the right. other guy. By the way, do you have do you have uh, Fletcher's Kiefer Sutherland? Oh handy? no, but I could get it. Oh shoot, that would take a second. Yeah, uh no, let's see. I found it. Hold on. Give you plenty of opportunity. Yeah, no, you right. really you really have lots of time. Uh, lots of time. <laughs> I think I spell Kiefer wrong is the reason it's not jumping up. Oh, sure. Uh let me try one more time. Nope, not there. That oh. might be on the okay. old hard drive. All right. Anyway, nice That's try though. Uh, sorry, everybody. <laughs> a bit of a letdown anyway, so, that we don't have so <laughs> she's you know. So I don't know if she was probably going to be in this film more had she, um, had she not been kind of so evasive and fleeing the country and fleeing Kiefer Sutherland right. and all that. Yeah. Um, but I certainly don't remember anything in the original Peter Pan story about Peter and Tink kind of having a thing. Peter and Wendy. Least. Yeah, that that's more not of Peter a... and Wendy. No, I mean Peter and Tink. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about the book, the original book. Um, this oh, is, yeah, I found sequel. it! I found oh. it! Hold on, I found it. Kiefer Sutherland. Okay. There you go. This ah, is the sequel. You. This is the sequel to that, of course, spiritually speaking. And uh, right. so, yeah, that was more the Tink thing, where she gets angry at Peter. In uh, the animated version, is where most of that lore lies. Mm. Right? Was there sexual tension in the Disney yeah, animated? Absolutely, absolutely, there was. Yeah, yeah. but she just wanted a what? Uh, this seemed like Tink was ready to roll in the hay. To totally, me. yeah, exactly. Oh, totally. I know you're married and all, but uh, let's let's. Uh... Yeah, I'll be in this big human body for a minute. Forget I have wings and I'm normally tiny. Uh, <laughs> let's go, let's go to town. And then when she disappears, I was all I could think of was the entire outer oh. edifice disappears, and there's just the little flying version left. And I'm like, what were you about to get it on with? What is this magic? <laughs> like this isn't good. You know, this, this is, is a hologram lady. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. You know what? I take that back. Yeah. The, uh, I'm, I'm looking at some kind of lore and I guess she, um, Peter, Wendy's more of the mother figure and right. Um, Peter sees Tinkerbell as kind of like a cohort mentor kind of thing, but, but Tinkerbell is madly in love with Peter and, and, madly. um, yeah, she's uh, always had a crush on him. I mean, I always had that. I always had that figured, but. Yeah, okay. I did. I guess I didn't know that. I, I that's the. But this one pushed for pushed so for. So she you know. she basically is writing her own Peter Pan fanfic. <laughs> Pan fanfic. I guess. Fanfic. <laughs> oh, there's so many words that rhyme with Pan. We're screwed. We're screwed. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is an interesting. It's an interesting look back because 
So we got Spielberg. You got this cast of like big names at the time: Robin Williams, Dustin Hoffman, Julia Roberts. The list goes on. Although she hadn't quite hit hit her stride yet, right? Like this was early, wasn't this before? Uh, so Pretty Woman. Yes, Randy. This is the first time watching this movie for me, and I, I congratulations. Just, yeah, well done. Yeah, I'm I'm still watching it. By the way, I put it on. <laughs> I put it on a few hours ago, right. and. Uh, God, I started noting that it was obnoxiously long after one hour. I actually right. actually really felt like it, it was nearing a conclusion after an hour and a half, and I, could, I couldn't understand. Yeah, at intermission, you realize this is not ever going to end, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Pretty um, Woman anyway, was before this. Sorry, I just want to clarify that. I was making allusions that it was after, but this was a year before it is, or a year it after. Is my, it, 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 it's my first viewing... And uh, I came into it ready to just absolutely hate Dustin Hoffman's performance because I mean, he's not a he's not a he's the one of the most overrated actors. Like he's one of those people that you're like, why is he? Why does he get these jobs? Like he's you know he's fine, but he's not. He's nowhere near the the level that his uh, you know like his his career should as an actor like it just doesn't it's not justified mm. and so i just i came into this i'm just like oh boy you know mm. uh and spielberg loves dustin hoffman right like made a right made a legendary movie or two with him mm. so i i just i came in expecting that and man he actually with the exception of the fact that i felt like hook should have been generally taller and skinnier uh, he did a great job. Like yeah, I think he did an great. amazing job. Yeah, I, I will totally concede that that Dustin Hoffman was the right pick for Hook. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't and, have believed it until I saw it. Like, uh, uh you know, I, I never really thought about this movie. You know, like it just uh, didn't really exist for me until I watched it. And uh, and and I would have if you'd asked me it two days ago. Like, uh, you know, who who do you think is would make a good Hook? I mean, not Dustin Hoffman, right? right? Yeah. No. Like Jeremy and, Irons, like, I think would be a great hook, right? Wouldn't, yeah, probably. It would be a little too much, though, right? Maybe, maybe too perfect. John Malkovich. Okay, Malkovich, maybe, maybe. maybe. The, so, the problem seeing this film for the first time in in 2020 is that I've seen Pirates of the Caribbean. That's why I right. put a Pirates of the Caribbean quote in my intro. Mm-hmm. I I just you can't not you can't unsee this stuff. You know, like yeah. looking looking back on it now, I'm like, oh. This was okay. This is fine, mm-hmm. but the thing is, like the last every time we see a Spielberg film, I update my list of Spielberg movies, right? Mm. And it's I realized it's falling into three groups, and it's like the top of the list is I will watch this movie any day of the week, including if I saw it yesterday. Mm. And those are Spielberg movies like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Schindler's List, Catch Me If You Can, and then there's this huge category of this is fine. This is a great movie. I I don't dislike it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. a big list. It's Empire of the Sun, Jurassic Park, Amistad, Lincoln, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's stuff like this. Like, you know, like you said you said Crystal Skull, I would add Ready Player 1, I'd add the BFG, the the terminal. Wait, wait, wait. Just... So when you say add it to like Oh, to I don't never, to the bottom to, to the to never to never watch or yes, is I, great... I will I do not want to ever again watch Ready Player One or Crystal Skull. These are, oh, see, I these found are those awesome. films. Go ahead, Rick. Wait a bit. I found Terminal and even Ready Player One a lot more watchable than this. And maybe you know what? Maybe Ready Player One I feel is is rewatchable. I have only watched it the one time, but I feel like it could be rewatchable because you see so many different things in the in the backgrounds of the scenes as you're 
as you're right. watching, but you didn't notice the first time. Yeah. Um, Terminal, um, I, Terminal, I've seen a couple times, and I actually think Tom Hanks is is great in it. Yeah. I think it's kind of a fun. I like the. Terminal. I don't know. I, I would put it in the upper half of his. I'm I'm just like I'm trying to I'm trying to explain something about that bottom for me, and what it is when I look at them all, including like 1941 or Always, the movie Always. Mm. I mm-hmm. realize, oh, it's a slog. Like when I when I watch the BFG, I'm like, that would make a great seven minute short. But drag it out to feature length, and I these, don't care. These are things that I that I, this is probably where we differ. I feel like Hook, BFG, those kind of movies are all great movies that I can turn on, and they're instantly accessible at any moment. So I can walk away, do whatever I want, come back, and there is a spectacle going on on my screen, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. fine. But, I know the context, and I don't have to overthink it. It's just it's like oh okay this is yes, a, this is but, this is adventure this is swashbuckling I'm enjoying myself. That's what and, I'm saying about length though. Like right. you're you're you're. Well, what about I, I think you and I are in accord here. <laughs> if, Bang around. I, I would say the same thing about Gravity Falls and Gravity Falls. You could look at like it's a 35 hour long movie. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, you know, like I I if you made me sit down and watch all of it, I would go okay. That's too long, man. Mm. Yeah, I don't well, know. Yeah, I, batteries not included beyond this list, by the way. Well, he didn't direct that. He only produced it. That was Amblin. Produced. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. And that gets confused a, a lot because that movie feels yeah, like. I a think f- I've said that a few times. Yeah, I think I yeah. said that a bunch when we talk about Steven yeah. Spielberg. You're not. You're not wrong to do it because it's so. It was. I think, see, who was it? it was I think actually, if you're gonna watch Hook for nothing else, to just try to get little glimpses of the Jolly Roger because that is the that Hook's ship is the best pirate ship. I have ever. I seen. I totally agree. I it it hurts it that we just watched uh, Zorro a few weeks ago. I like. I had this recent feeling, you know, like oh, more swashbuckling, mm-hmm. you know, and and like the, <laughs> the, you know what I'm saying? It does get a little tired, and it's you know seeing the same thing that uh, all right, I'm gonna grab one of the people I'm fighting against and use them to fight the side that I can't reach while I'm fighting. Right. This, fair, this felt very much like Popeye because Robin Williams yes, that as well. Yes. Popeye's yeah. a better film, of... I would argue, though. I would. Oh, yeah. I like Popeye a lot better than I like Boy, this movie. I like Popeye now, and I did not like it at the time. <laughs> I, I couldn't appreciate it yeah. for what it was at the time. Right. It's now, still if I had pretty to sit down, weird. If you right? said I'm going to hold you down and make you watch Popeye or Hook, I would definitely say, "Well, I'm going to sit down and watch Popeye because it's more of a linear storytelling." I feel like you need. You know, the previous scene is at the next scene. This film also it is, just better uh, uses Robin Williams. That's my biggest complaint about Hook oh, is that yeah. he's he's no he, there's no reason Robin Williams is Peter in this. This could have been Tom Hanks and it almost was. It could be yeah. uh, a, a hundred other actors who could have Wait, played. But I'm it, glad it was it, Robin Williams. Could it Williams. really been almost Tom Hanks, or could it IMDb almost have been Tom Tom Hanks? Well, <laughs> so I did more digging and found some additional stuff. Now you know Wikipedia is not. 100% all the time, but that one also says that that's true. So it's okay. entirely possible, and you can see it. His performance in Big is a lot like this might have been. For sure. Where yeah. he's got to turn from an adult to a kid or vice I, versa. I believe it, to be honest. I believe it, but I just want to make sure it's not like a, you know, IMDb. Right. All right, who else is popular around this time? Yeah, right, uh, right. Tom Hanks, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and uh, Sylvester Stallone turned down the role of Peter Pan for this. Sure, and this would have been what? This would have been his, if he had, if it had been Hanks, it would have been Hanks' first Spielberg collaboration, which... Um, I think that's true. I don't know what their actual first one was. I can't think of it. Oh, wow. I think Julia Roberts should have been Peter Pan. 
<laughs> I okay. If we were doing it, if we were doing it these days, she would. No, be. For, no. <laughs> for even those days, I mean, typically Peter Pan is played by a woman. Yeah. In, oh, yeah. Yeah, in, I, in you know theatrical presentation. I have to make a, a confession to the court. Yeah. So again, I've never seen this movie, and I hadn't really thought about this movie very much. So like going into it, I hadn't sat down and, and wondered where's this going to go. What's this movie about? But I knew I know the general characters, right? Mm-hmm. So the movie starts with a trope that I just freaking hate. It's so tired. And it wasn't that thanks. It wasn't that tired 30 years ago, but it's like the the disappearing dad or the the fantasy forbidding father. That's another mm-hmm. trope name, fantasy mm-hmm. forbidding father. Yeah. And uh I don't like it. I'm tired of it. I've seen these movies over and over and over where we start out with the dad who's all wrapped up in work and he doesn't even make it to the play. And then mm-hmm. when, by the time yes. he gets there, everybody's left and so on. I'm just like, this, oh, this was baseball such game, an but, overused yeah. trope in the 90s. Like so, it was any family film started with the dad being just too busy, working all the time, not paying enough attention to the kids. Something supernatural happens and he realizes, right. oh my gosh, fish. You know, it is the supernatural fish out of water syndrome where- so, you know, okay, oh my God, I, I love my family and I here's, realize the family comes first. Mm-hmm. Here's my admission. And and even at the time, I was confused because they have a, a stupid pillow on his stomach, the whole first act. Mm-hmm. And it's, re- it's first and second act. This is a long movie, guys. Mm-hmm. They have a pillow on his stomach and he's sitting on a plane with the seatbelt on. And I'm like, why is there this wrinkled pillow under his shirt? And... <sighs> I fa- and I'm, I actually said out loud, I think it's funny that his name is Peter Banning because he's going to actually, eventually he's going to meet Peter Pan, right? Mm-hmm. And that's going to be really, you're Peter Pan, I'm Peter Banning. I was expecting that. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I wonder who's going to be Peter Pan. Maybe the son, I think the son is going to end up being Peter Pan. It never occurred to me that they would have Robin Williams be Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. It what? was like, it was like, oh my god! That's it, it, like it just blew my I, mind. I can understand that, not having seen the movie until now, right? But not knowing that Robin Williams is Peter Pan and Hook, yeah. I just, it just, it just, it just. Did you not see the mind. poster? Because this is okay. Yes, I saw the poster, but but I my mean, not just scrolled past thought, it a thousand times on Netflix. My only thought was that that was that was Robin Williams' character. Also right. looking like Peter Pan, yeah. not right. being him, Peter Robin Williams Pan. playing two roles, right? Not not him well, making in, in a, a way a, he does trouble back. Yeah, in a way he yeah. does, I guess. But it's the transition that you're supposed to care about, and, and right. Uh, right. And so like, and so like, it took me a long time to pick up on what the pillow under the shirt was about, and then and then at some point I'm like. Oh man, they're gonna train him up. They're gonna put him through a montage in a mm-hmm. gym, and he's gonna get skinny, <laughs> and that's why he's wearing this ridiculous. I can't believe that were were prosthetics that bad only thirty years ago. I guess so. Yeah. But anyway, I just like uh, the the overall trope here that that got me hook, line, and sinker is called motive mm-hmm. decay, and motive decay is when the character has reasons for what they're doing earlier in the backstory. Now they have reasons for what they're doing now as a businessman and a father. But then it all just, it doesn't matter. No, those motives, people don't have the same motives they did a few minutes ago. And it's like, I, it, it, it got me. I wasn't expecting 
uh, everybody's motives to change so much that I actually didn't predict what the characters were. I mm. was literally like Peter Banding, how funny. Yeah. Well, the whole the thing that you're that you're referring to earlier about the you know dads who are fantasy mm-hmm. opposed and all that that is such a Spielberg thing to do. He loved yeah. that and he did it he all was the time. With that. Yeah, it was yeah, clear. He was it was, with that it was clear. It was part of something life. to do with his growing up and his dad yeah. was kind of hard on him and all that. He. He seems to just love that trope, and I don't know if we could point to any recent work that does that, but certainly a lot of his old family fare did. Like mm-hmm, even right, something like right. E.T. was the mom. Oh yeah, leave the dad out of E.T. all all altogether. Altogether. By the way, yeah. first first uh, Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg collaboration looks like it wasn't until '98 and Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. And they've just they've crazy. done so much stuff since together. That, yeah, uh, Catch Me If You Can, Terminal. Yeah. Um, uh, Bridge of Spies, yep. uh, The Post. Yeah, a whole bunch of them. And they're all, and that's just the ones he's in, like behind the scenes stuff they've done right, together. They right. they co-produced Band of Brothers. They co-produced a whole bunch of other stuff. Like mm-hmm. they've just so, been a constant threat since uh, since Ryan, I guess. So the, the more Spielbergian thread that I feel gets woven through this movie really brightly is Goonies. It just, mm-hmm. it just feels so much to me. Like there's a bunch of Goonies leftovers here, and I don't know. I I can't really put my finger on it. You know, it just feels like I have to feel the fingerprints of that film yeah. on this one. There's some Goonies in this. Um, they're going for a lot of the same stuff, some of the same dumb jokes. You know, these these sniffing flowers are smelling his crotch. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's a little odd. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that's that. A, I think that's where this fell apart, and it's kind of ironic that it fell apart here. I feel like that in the first act i feel like spielberg really got uh the the bustle and hustle of being a absentee dad but then when he tried to go back to being uh you know a a 10 12 year old uh in the in the second and third uh he couldn't really nail it he he had he's literally forgotten what it's like to be a kid and so instead it's like all snot and booger jokes and mm-hmm. And that kind of stuff. And while that is part of that age, it is there's a lot more going on. There's a lot more insecurities, and it never felt genuine. Yeah. It felt a little I, distant. A little cartoony. I, yeah. mm-hmm. I can't help wishing they had given Robin Williams more rope and let him do a lot more ad lib yeah. and then and then mm-hmm. edit in the best bits. Because right. you could you could really feel him reading his lines at times. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, oh, that's too bad. Because in the movies where he gets to just go nuts, mm-hmm. and right. then and then you're seeing the best of his nuttery, like can you get a turkey leg? Oh, you, right. what are you throwing at me? Quit throwing those. What are you throwing that uh, liquid in my face? Hey, hey, oh, hey, oh, on the table. I think this is a real just just from a, just from you know just what I like to answer in my own head is that Robin Williams was under that that would be a lot of pressure because he had been compared to having you know that Peter Pan syndrome all his whole career and now here he has to portray it and it's like it's like asking somebody to do something they do naturally but to put it on film that's and a really good is, point i had not con- considered that i think maybe the reason i find it so stilted and and controlled is because he is this already in everything else he does but in here, right. he has to like he felt constrained, and I don't right. know why. I'm like Peter Pan, I'm already I live Peter Pan. Yeah, I am. That so it, so it ends up coming off as like, well, why did you hire him then? Like, if you're not going to let him be the reason you hire Robin Williams, and the reason we all love him, 
why, why, what are you even doing? Like just somebody get somebody else. And he'd been doing prior to this, he'd been doing so many of the serious or the more serious things, dead poet mm-hmm. society, Cadillac man, awakenings, dead again, mm-hmm. uh, Fisher King. And then, and then into hook. So Fisher King and the hook came out the same year, which blows oh my, my mind. Gosh. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, he was, he was, yeah, it was definitely switching roles there. Right? Yeah. That was, uh, I mean, some dark roles, even dead again. I don't know if, uh, if you guys have seen that, the, the, uh, Kenneth Branagh and, um, uh emma thompson and mm-hmm. he's kind of he's kind of the bad guy in that and it was uh right. weird to have all three of those things dead again fisher king and hook all come out uh the same fisher the same king year. they probably just took the you so all that hair they shaved off him for hook they just used for fisher king to put <laughs> right. on his face I mean, yeah we, we classically knew yeah. this, right we classically knew from the 70s that robin williams was a hairy hairy man and when yes. he when he was had his shirt off in pan i was like wow Where'd they put right. all that hair? Yeah. Right. In it's, wax. It's like a, they put it in like wax. Yeah. Cat right. that, you know, you see come out of the bathtub or something, <laughs> like they're about the third the size because so much of them was there. So, yeah. so I just want to hold on Robin Williams, the 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 actor and the comedian of second, because um this is uh twelve years after he made what I consider one of the greatest comedy albums of all time. It's called mm-hmm. Reality What a Concept. It's from uh nineteen seventy-nine. Mm-hmm. And in, in reality, what a concept. Robin Williams shows off how even at that age, and at that time he was 28, uh, he was already an old soul. And I, I couldn't help thinking about how his comedy, you know, it always comes back around to this reflections of an old man. Like, oh, he's real. He's, he's manic. He jumps around. He's loud. But then he always has this long view in him as early as 28 years old. And I, I just like watching this movie. I felt like is Robin Williams tired? Like Absolutely. he made this movie when he was about 40, 41. Right. I'm like, man, I just, I, I don't know. I wish they had made it with him earlier, like just five years earlier. I think he would have been a lot better for this. Interesting. Yeah. And there, there's well, we talk know. that Kevin yeah. Klein was almost hired. I don't know how he would have done. I mean, I'm, I just don't oh, think this is around a fish called Wanda, right? Time. A little Wanda. bit. Yeah. Yeah. There? yeah. yeah. And Kevin Klein's great. He would have probably been great. Oh, um, you need somebody great. who could be uptight in the early part and and loose in the later part. And in this one, you'd think, oh, Robin Williams, your perfect guy. But instead, he just right. had weird hair in the second part. Like it just wasn't yeah, that big yeah. a deal. It was mm-hmm. he, he. You know, they they he had just the the wide eyes and but it just didn't it didn't play well for me. Now, not to say this is I enjoyed this movie. I I love Hook and I love uh, the Spielberg parts of it and how sweeping it feels and just how. I feel like I'm on an adventure. It does play long, and and you realize it too. Like in a lot of scenes, you'll be watching something, and you're like, "Do I really need, you know, like almost thirty to forty-five seconds of uh, Hoffman's mustache twitching to a clock? Do I really need that?" <laughs> I mean, I'd like everything in the movie. Even, even every every, every shot, every single shot was longer than yeah. it needed to be. The shot right. of the Pan Am plane was yeah, three yeah. times as long as, as it needs to be, and there were shots like. Robin Williams playing a uh, cell phone draw, uh, ha- Hamilton yeah. and Burr Pointless. face off with Pointless. his with his buddy at work. Like it, it was an establishing thing, right? It's supposed to make it. Oh, right. he actually does have a playful sensibility. He just right. shares it with his coworkers, not his kids. But no, like it was ridiculously long. Like, come on, yeah. get, let's go. Was, this movie yeah. just doesn't want to go. It doesn't have an editor. It drags a bit for sure. Um, there's a. There's a th- interesting thing about um, some of the actors. So, like Maggie Smith's in this. She's 
She's the uh, older Wendy, Grandma Wendy. <laughs> they they figured out a way to make Maggie Smith look like Maggie Smith in 2020. Right, yeah, right, yeah, they, they kind of nailed it. She was only you. she was only 54 or 55 or something here. She's yeah. not very she old. She was saying, uh, "I'd love to see a photo of how she looked in Hook side right. by side with a photo of how she looks now, and it'd probably be uncannily yeah uh, right accurate." But they but they they have this great older cast casting i think the the brother who's nuts with the marbles oh, he, he was so, great yeah, I lost my mar- arthur mallet <laughs> yeah toodles he's great just want to draw that guy like he is so i know like so the, the the perfect old man hey yeah, right. get that bub- he made bug, a better peter pan and, in my opinion yeah, yeah he was he, he was been a good he was great <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna make peter pan a super old he's your he's your man right he's your guy. um but then like uh like we keep talking about dustin hoffman it really is like it's campy and cheesy and ridiculous but it's it's expertly so like it's just a really well portrayed version of that and it is it, it is sort of um it's reminiscent of the disney movie like right right that version of hook is the disney hook pretty much yeah like yeah. that they, they a lot from there bob hoskins by the way is oh me. yeah i was gonna mention him. he's so great he's great, he's great. he should be in he more shit and i know he's dead now but he yeah, right. He really he, should do more. Yeah. What's he doing lately? He should do more. Working on his final role. I guess I should say I should say it this way. And I know he did a lot of things, but I would have liked to have seen him in more stuff more more often because he's just right. Mm-hmm. He ate that up. He was he was fantastic in that role. So good. So good. So I I so some of that stuff when you're younger and you're kind of being dismissive, you don't really pay a lot of attention to but i have a greater appreciation for some of these older actors and the kind of work they were doing here and i think that's maybe why i liked it more this time the kids drove me crazy the, his kids were fine they're good actors those kids were fine yes but the kids the actual <laughs> lost boy kids they drove me up a tree every one of them the irony by the way his son uh the kid who plays his son is now a lawyer which i think right, is kind right. of funny oh yeah, that's yeah. great he grew up yeah, yeah. he cracked me up I though he's funny i liked him i, I want to say i watched this with a 10 year old boy and he really identified with all the Lost Boys. Like he was right, right mm. through. I I was really? watching. I was watching out of the corner of my eye whenever they were having an action scene with children. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, a little boy will sometimes be acting along with them on the couch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And boy, he was swept up in all of that. Right. Uh, also, a grown man will do that. But just saying. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my son was not uh, like I was at all um, swept by the the whole thing where the son in the movie goes along with hook as his replacement mm. father mm. right because i was just like oh that's that's interesting you know like i'm you know as an adult i'm looking at that like wow shell-shocked kid mm-hmm. embraces the it's a, yeah what is it uh, stockholm now. syndrome basically yeah. And, yeah. but my kid was just like this is offensive i would never do and i'm like oh yeah that's right that's true too yes you would never thank you for uh, agreeing right. you, would <laughs> you would never just, betray your father would you son just yeah. embrace yeah, captain hook as a replacement yeah it's uh those, but I, I, I do. I want to make this clear. I think those kids, most kid actors, drive me crazy. Those kids were mm-hmm. pretty good, and I think Spielberg's good with kids. He tends mm-hmm. to get pretty good performances out of them. I thought, oh, that girl went on to something. She's too good at this age. Like, there's no way she stopped. Nope, she's totally stopped. She didn't do anything. She just stopped. She did some narration work for a uh, something for PBS once, and there's a photo of her older on IMDb, and that's it. She just did mm-hmm. not go on to. To do anything else whereas every just about every other kid in the in, in the lost boys part of it they all went on to stuff like that we were talking before the show a about older the, though right yeah like maybe like rufio went on to do all sorts yeah. of that dude's busy he, he went on to do be a you know you know get his IMDb. Went on to 
picture do a lot of pokemon go on youtube yeah that's true but uh (laughs) but you're right like if you go his ibm or his ibm his imdb photo is ridiculous it's just his yeah half his face (laughs) and his chest that's it right look at my abs yeah good job guys dante basco (laughs) i i actually had a question there's a you know my entire lifetime there's been this long discussion about asian actors in mainstream films and i'm curious about why the rufio kid doesn't come up in those discussions more often uh i i thought he i thought he was like um a lot more prominent in this movie you know in my watching than it appears that he really you know got credit for in like mainstream media i think people right. dismiss well, it, it sometimes because he's role though i mean yeah. right until the very end it, when he... not till the end but also i think people dismiss it because he was like this stereotype early 90s skateboard kid yeah. purple yeah. tips and then the white and then the great white man had to come and save him yeah. you know what i mean so <laughs> oh i didn't even think about that right he was yeah. ousted by a his role his job was taken by a white man right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are the pan white man yeah a little yeah. bit of that but but well, mainly, I think it was just such a like you know the idea that Lost Boys are out doing ollies on their freaking skateboards is pretty stupid. Like I understand, well, I actually like that part. Eh, That's actually the part that I like. I don't like it because everything else you're going to... for like period correctness in a way. Like here's right. pirate times and oh. it's old England and it's this and that and all that. And then you got kids on skateboards. Okay, all right, Kate skateboards. Yeah. Like you're really pulling it there. I, I torn I, torn I, sweatshirts I like and uh, yeah. Not my but they weren't torn for style. They were just torn because those kids don't really keep good care of their stuff. Yeah. Very, uh, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. they don't have to. They live in a magical land where their stuff is kind of irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, I look at this and go, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that it's a thing that people love. I get it. Right. But I just can't. I can't you put can't. it in my list of like of all the things. Okay, there's a million movies like this, like whatever you want to list. Like, um, oh geez, I'm trying to think of another big family pleaser. Uh, let me let me tell you about the let me tell you about a couple of my guilty uh, Disney or Disney esque films okay. that fall in this category, and I think it's all because they maybe have tie-ins to rides at like Disneyland and Disney World. Okay, like. I like the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion. <laughs> oh, wow. I like uh, it. I enjoy it. I watch it. I turn it on. on have that you and pre-bought your tickets for uh, Jungle Cruise, their next movie I'm, based on I a can't, theme park ride? I can't wait <laughs> I kind of, for that. I'm kind of looking forward to it, too. Right. Scott, and so Hook is kind of like that, that feeling for me, too. What yeah. you were, were you reaching for Jumanji, Scott? Yes, a, a movie like Jumanji, and not just because it has also Robin Williams in the first one, but... Those right. kinds of those kinds of movies, uh, Zathura, um, which is Jumanji in space. Uh, right. What's another one? Um, when when Hook comes available for streaming anytime on a service that I have, it inevitably gets watched. Mm. So I'm not wow. saying that I like sit around and go, "Oh, it's Hook. We got to make a special night of it." No, I just kind of go, "Oh, you know, I'm going to turn on some Hook." So Hook is not your Hook isn't your Fury Road, but you'll watch it. No, okay. no, it's not. But it's, it's it is a reminder. Of it is a snapshot in time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I become mm-hmm. immediately, I immediately realize that Robin Williams is no longer with us. And I'm like, oh, remember when there was the 90s and Robin Williams was doing stupid stuff like Flubber and, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, that kind of thing. And just, mm-hmm. eh, you know, yeah. uh, comfort food. Comfort I, think food. That's, I think that's the thing. I think we could all probably agree that this is a great nostalgia movie. Yes. But not a, not a, a standing on its own. No. Good and, film. 
And the bad thing is the material is, oh my gosh, the material is such a, it's, it, it could be so well explored uh, because, I mean, it deals with, with, with time and how we remember things and how, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how our fear shapes what we're doing and um, the elements that are there for just this amazing, deep, rich story. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's too bad. I forgot, I, like to, to I forgot to write it down, but there was something that this reminded me of, and it's a, it's um, a complete retelling of that story, and I couldn't think of it. Where, right. where somebody oh, is, I mean, in lots of ways, I think of Hook as being like uh, just a different phase of what all this is within one man's mind, and uh, you know, it's a different phase of of his personality. Right, uh, but and, it's but for me, it was like a direct. What's a what's a story where somebody is a thing and they don't realize they're another thing and they have to be coaxed into realizing what they are, the other thing that right. they are? Um, right. Why why is yeah, it not God, coming to me now? I know there's a movie. There's something right on the edge of remembering. It's, yeah, and it's exactly this. But you can't because it's just, oh, right? it's, um, it's well, in Neverland. You can't get to it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's the same idea of like, oh, I know. Um, Oh, it just uh, it just went, it was like a naked man running past me. I saw it for a second. I, I saw it. Doing I it. love the fact that you can't remember, and that's like one of the you know the main <laughs> tensions in this film is not being able to remember and and forgetting. Yeah, uh, because I mean know, it's so. kind of reverse big in a way. I mentioned that earlier, but it's kind of reverse right. big. Um, small, small, small. Yes, it's, small. Call it's called small. small. <laughs> uh, I can't. I just can't think uh, of it. But I like the way the characters represent certain things. Like Tink King, is always oh. always wanting to be large. Her dream is to be larger, just like we were when we were kids. Yeah. Uh, so all, I mean, all these the boy kids. who would be king is kind of like this. Mm. Yeah. With the kid who finds Excalibur and he has to be convinced that he's special. The reincarnation of King Arthur. Uh, no, there is something. There is something like that where. Yeah, and I just cannot, for the life of me, put my finger on it. But it's a. It's almost exactly this. And mm-hmm. I thought of it last night and went, huh, that's good. I should write that down. And I didn't. Oh, I know. Hey, Ibby, oh. you know what I keep beside my uh, uh, my bedside besides that Shakespeare book? I don't know. What Do I want to know? Uh, yeah, Peter and Wendy. Oh. I've been trying I've been trying to uh, get through that book for a while. Yeah, I've been trying is to get that, that Is that the early original story, Peter and Wendy? Yeah. Oh, that's what, I didn't know Barry. that's what it was called. I didn't know that. Is that true? Peter and Wendy. I didn't know that. That's news. Uh, and I've the, never uh, the the book they have in uh, they actually have the Peter and Wendy book in uh, in the movie Hook, and it's the same cover they have on mine. Really, oh, it's That's pretty cool. cool I saw. I was like, hey, I got that book. It was a little creepy when she was getting all up on Robin Williams and going, "I thought you'd come see my pink thing I had on my." <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Whoa, Scott! Whoa! <laughs> you know, for me, that for me. The- <laughs> <laughs> For me, the creepiness was in uh, Peter uh, going to Neverland and literally makes out with all four women in Neverland. Oh, like yeah. we we only ever yeah. see four women over there. Peter makes out with all of them. Yeah, all of the he's a player. Uh, all of if the... you leave you, it, it, what a fantasy, right? It was like the the original. Uh, uh, yeah, because what do you want? You want you want some mystery man showing up at your window. So if you leave your window open. Mm-hmm. Peter Pan will come in <laughs> and kiss you. Yeah, give you a big kiss right on the lips. Mm. Yeah, because those ki- the the ladies were uh, the mermaids there, right? Right. I, oh, yeah, mermaids right. are totally forgettable. I was thinking there's like there the uh, there were prostitutes in that uh, village, but that's not who Scott's talking about. <laughs> that is funny. I thought because you why know, we, were there we, so many prostitutes right. in that? Uh... <laughs> right. So they they do the Wizard of Oz thing here uh, a lot of times in reality. 
the reality parts, there will be actors who uh, are portrayed who are in the fantasy as well. Uh, and you're supposed to like just kind of hand wave over it. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. So what? You know, they're not really there. I thought the prostitutes were going to be the mermaids mm. because I thought that would be a good, you know, roll flip reversal sure, as he yeah. transitions over to Neverland, you know, in his fever dream or Give whatever. Give me some air. That's going to cost you a hundred Exactly. <laughs> and by the way, is that the grossest thing that happened in the movie when no. uh, mermaids were giving? No. Oh, yeah. What hook the, the second air that. I don't mind that. That's fine. Go they, for it. Oh, you, you you don't think mermaids have fishy breath? You don't think that's a... I don't know. <laughs> Under, underwater, nice, pleasant... underwater, how do you even know? Like, I don't know. There's no right. breath okay. down there. All right. Just, just wondering. Just All right. Here's forcing. here's the grossest thing in the movie. <laughs> <Fishy forcing. laughs> I have to play that. That's our new theme wow. for that. Okay. Uh, it was what I mentioned earlier the, uh, for the intro. It's when uh, Smee uses his, his massive amounts of earwax to wax the oh, yeah. dude's mustache. Mm. That is so he gross. He that up, didn't he? Ugh. So sick, dude. Don't use that for anything. It's not wax. It's not lube. It's not anything. <laughs> not a molding substance. Right. At first, I didn't know what he was going to do with it either because he was he was like digging in his ears. And then he started heading towards uh, Dustin Hoffman's face. And I was like, oh, where's he going with that? Is yeah. he going to put it in his ear? What's, what's he going to do with that? That oh. really freaked me out. I don't like Mustache that wax. one bit. And I understand, you know, he's grimy and it's a weird world. And, I, you know, it fits. It's not. I'm not saying it doesn't yeah, fit. Yeah. I'm just saying it, it's, it's the grossest thing. It's lore. It's just gross. <laughs> it's gross. It's gross. It's hook lore. Yeah. Hook lore. Going back to the mermaids. <laughs> <laughs> Randy it, waits patiently. We got something for that? Yeah. It, felt so, it felt so shoehorned into the film. It really actually felt like Robin Williams had had breakfast with Steven Spielberg one day and was like, right. I'm not getting any action at home, man. Can you just right. can you just line up some actresses to kiss me, yeah. please, please? Mindy's yeah. just not giving it up anymore. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mindy. Yeah. But uh, here's the thing, though, when they when <laughs> that it is kind of throwaway and it is does feel like it was forced in there. But think about the actual production of that. That's a lot of work. They're That's underwater. They got to do multiple mm-hmm. takes. All right. Now kiss Lady G or Lady B over here. Right. And now let's OK, get breath. All right. Do it again. Like those are those are hard things to shoot. And yeah, Spielberg says, says much in some interviews about this film, he says that he uh, uh, he felt very insecure after the first act. And he said that the more insecure he felt, the bigger the production went up. It's like it's like, oh, I feel insecure about this. Maybe if I if I pop some mermaids in here, maybe that'll. Uh, yeah, and he kept spending more money. The original uh, it was I think forty eight million for the original yeah. original thing, and it ended up getting up to eighty, which by today's standards is pretty low still. But uh, you know, for a movie like this, I guess Especially, it was all set stuff. You know, it was yeah. all on a studio lot somewhere. That that kind of disappointed me because I I wanted it to feel. I wanted the I wanted the Neverland to really feel big, but it felt like they were putting on a play, and I I was I kept trying to figure out was that intentional, because that was most of our experiences with our you know growing up, you know with our high school plays of Peter Pan and that kind of thing, and I I just never could figure it out. Yeah, I feel like uh it was just odd. I I'll tell you what was odd the scene where they have her at the dinner and they're they're everybody's talking about how great Wendy is she helped all these orphans and everything. And in mm-hmm. the middle of his speech, people are just standing up and like yeah, waving and boys. saluting and whatever. Did not like how that felt. There was something odd really? about these old men in the oh, middle of yeah. your speech getting up and going. <laughs> and like all like a, perfectly <laughs> timed one at a time. Like, oh, I'm going to wait. This is my chance. I'm going to stand up right now. Oh, okay, he's standing up. Okay, I'm going to wait, wait, wait. Yeah, okay, now weird. I actually got cold chills about it because I was like, oh, my God. She, she pulled them all out. She found homes. 
for all the Lost Boys from when Peter Pan was there. But then we went to Neverland. It was like uh, all the Lost Boys. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe Well, not. they're new. Yeah, are they new? The no, they're not new Lost Boys. The same ones that were there before, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I thought that that's what I thought they were trying to imply yeah. that Wendy had had one at a time went back and saved. Yeah, you got chills for nothing is what we've learned. You got chills for Pretty nothing. Much. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty Cold much. Chills. I was like, yeah. I felt well, also, <laughs> also, I'm sorry, you cannot keep a crowd's attention with that kind of dramatic <laughs> pausing. You can't do it. <laughs> and that scene was that scene was five minutes longer than it needed to be. And I'm telling you, it just like every moment of it, I'm I was like, oh wait, are we already in the make believe? I, I like that. That was like, and I think if you're gonna if you're gonna draw the biggest circle around the make believe part of the film, it starts in that scene when the wind blows a window open, mm. and it hits Peter in the back of the head, knocks him out. Right. Now we're in make believe. Gotcha. Uh, like so the whole thing is a dream. Whole thing is after uh, yeah, after, after that. that point. That's the earliest yeah. moment that I could start it being make believe. Right. Right. Yeah. right. And and uh, I I like it for that, but I I hate it for that scene making me wait so long to get to that. Because mm -hmm. like, if you told people stand up if she's touched your life, they would all immediately stand mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. If you told yeah. people to clap, yeah. they would start clapping. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't wait for a minute and stare lovingly <laughs> at you and then start <laughs> clapping. <laughs> All right. Also, when the wind blew open and the door blew open and it went, and it's all like the curtains are crazy and she has kind of what looks like a stroke while she's standing there and they have to rush to her to help her sit and everything. It cuts back to the audience and they're still standing there with their dumb grins going. Yeah. It's yeah. like, what is, is this? The Is this the end of The Shining? Is this, is this that photo right. in The Shining where everybody's weird? <laughs> I didn't like it. Me I, I don't know. I I kind of like that. It's it was an odd dance to try to introduce the spirit of what you know the doom, the storm that was coming, the hook. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. It was it was it was a weird turn to try to get us to feel that. And if you it's lean weird. into the weirdness, I guess it's better. But right, it's just mm -hmm. again, I don't feel like it leaned into it very much. Like in one minute it was very whimsical, and the next minute it was a little. Ooh, dark or whatever. But then they wouldn't be. There was there was not enough concern when your two children are kidnapped in the middle of the night. And nobody knows why yeah. or how. Right. And, yeah. and then the yeah. only evidence is a huge what you can only believe to be a giant knife mark all through the house, up and down the walls. <laughs> and the best you can do is, well, I guess we'll just have to chill out and wait until we hear yeah, something. Exactly. I'm like, come on, right? And, yeah. you're not, and you're not asking yourself at all. Well, you know. Why is this musician here? Why is Phil Collins asking something's going on? Something yeah. fishy. Yeah, it was very fishy in that way. Can you feel it? it does, but those are dark. I mean, those are dark things. Kids gone, but like a Phil carved Collins? groove in the entire wall. And then we go in the, the, the fight at the end from throwing eggs at each other and paint and, and stuff like that to hook literally stabbing a kid to death. Yeah. Right, right. You know, I, I always, that's one thing. Uh, I don't know if I hated it when I was a kid, but as I get older, I definitely dislike Whenever I see kids fighting adults using, you know, kid things that would right would, would not weapons. even yeah would <laughs> so, not maim or stop or even you know yeah so I, I home alone thing I, I strongly dislike that trope but but however it's okay it's okay if you combine it with the trope that the adult is just one of the kids mm, right. and I love that trope mm. one of the kids is my favorite trope mm. because it it allows people who have a an ability to do this. The gold standard is Will Ferrell in Elf, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It it allows a person who has the ability to really do something that you just don't ever see. Like it's just not. It's a trope that doesn't come up in a lot of movies. And so as soon as the adult 
uh, the, like a, a a weird one is uh, the main character in The Sound of Music, right? She's mm-hmm. she's an adult, but she really is more of a child at heart and loves you know singing and dancing with the kids. Um, as soon as you establish that, I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Now this adult can fight the children. We're great. I'm good. Oh, I just figured it out. I figured out the thing with the is naked man running by. No, it's yeah. uh, close. It's uh, it's basically uh, Christmas Carol. That's what it is. It's it's mm. it's this, it's different because it's an old guy who's super cr- uh, crusty. But the point is that he starts out like all worried about his millions and his phone, and this is an important call, honey, and shut up, kids, and all that. And then you got to weed it out of him that no, 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 Christmas is great. And then he's come back and he goes, "What day is it, boy? It's Christmas Day. <laughs> oh, Christmas Day! I haven't missed it." <laughs> like there's that. I don't kind remember of the cell phone in the Charles Dickens classic. No, uh, but you know what I mean. <laughs> like there's a there's that. The equivalent is he's just a pissy old fart who wants to. But steal it was, it was money. when Randy was describing that that I was like, oh yeah, the Santa Claus, the the mm-hmm. Tim Allen one is kind of like this. Yeah, a little bit of that. Right, where right. he's got to be convinced that he's actually Santa Claus. And yeah. well, there's also a there's also a wonderful idea that's it's kind of tropey but it, it's in a lot of movies like this that is uh if your your myth whatever your myth is that you remember that's actually true mm-hmm. and i like mm-hmm. that i like mm-hmm. that a lot you, know, mm-hmm. you can always get me with that thing that something i i believed as a child is actually true if you, own, it, you, if you know you movies are supposed hard to have magic right? yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah and there and there's and, bits of that in here that work pretty well yeah. it's it's okay yeah movies supposed to have magic and glenn close is a gutless Okay, what? that's <laughs> what that's that? weird. I was trying to figure that out. I'm like, why? What am I supposed to be getting from this? Is, was she Peter Pan in a production of something? And I'm like, I don't know. That was weird. Mm. She's a weird cameo. So was um, Jimmy yeah. Buffett. He was one of the pirates who Jimmy attempted Buffett. to David Crosby steal his shoes. Crosby yeah, David Crosby. What's David Crosby doing in here? He's <laughs> just gonna start singing Southern Cross at the top of his lungs. Like, what are we doing? Right. That's just so. Uh, he he's the one that yelled "Long live Hook." He's he's the one that started in the intro mm. scene. Or, right. Whatever. You know what? Southern Cross is probably the best reason he's there because that song is all about sailing. So, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. a good point. You need him for your pirate ship. Bunch, yeah. of, hmm. bunch of of uh, cameo credits. You know, we got uh, Glenn, oh, Gwyneth Paltrow, Paltrow is in the qu- yeah. credits. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Fisher is in the credits. Mm-hmm. George Lucas himself is in the credits. Like that, you know. It that, says the kissing couple when they float by from f- fairy dust lands or whatever. It was George Lucas and Carrie Fisher in a cameo kissing. No, that's what it says. Now no. I don't believe no. that. That is no, what we like to call. Mind. We're gonna. That's what we play this for. Hold on. Scrutiny. We're doing some scrutiny here. There's no, no way that piece of trivia is correct. Really? Right. No. Right. No. We don't want to believe it. Do we no, know, George uh, Lucas? You can't kiss her. <laughs> wait, um, wait, how wait. about if you put uh, in, in the in the roll there? Yeah. Why are you kissing uh, my neck? Uh, uh, can I be What's up here? <laughs> I can't do I can't do George Lucas Kermit. like Scott Kennedy. Yeah, exactly. He comes out like Kermit. Yeah. And he's got he there, oh, just there's no way this trivia is true. I looked at that and I wanted to burn the internet right then. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's not true. Uh, while man. we're while we're looking at the full cast list, we have to give an award for worst IMDB photo. It it goes to our Rufio Dante Basco. Mm-hmm. It is unbelievable that this person didn't just appear in one movie he's got a credits list that comes current yeah this guy is still acting he's right now busy. he's in like a bunch of current productions yeah, he's busy and his imdb photo is garbage <laughs> i don't <laughs> understand if you're, if you're here to see what he looks like you ain't gonna do it yeah, and then if right. you're like if you're looking at that then i don't know what trailer you guys got but I, the trailer i got is not him yeah that's not that's that yeah. still is not him yeah it's very weird. It, uh, the the little girl 
who didn't do anything after Amber Scott, who played Maggie Banning, has done nothing, and she has the best IMDb profile photo of anybody in this I list. Oh, she's yeah. talking about a glamour shot, man! Holy, yeah, mackerel. she's pretty, but look, but the but these, she's pretty, but everybody else in here looks <laughs> fine and normal. Even Arthur Mallet looks like you know he looks like he's freaking out a little bit. But Dante Basco, somebody call his agent. Get that fixed. Yes. Right, someone right. listening to us right now knows someone who knows Dante Basco. Yeah. Oh, I, I know it, someone who fixed. knows Dante Basco, actually. Yeah. <laughs> get it fixed. This is like, this is, he has awards on IMDb. Yeah. yeah seriously. Right. On his IMDb page, there's a, uh, uh, there's a list of awards from things like the Los Angeles Philippine Film Festival. That's fine. Hmm. It's good. This is a real actor. Get it fixed. Uh, I feel bad right. for some of these so, kids. I'm looking at these kids and they're... We're, we're talking about Amber Scott there for a second. Maggie Banning in the movie, uh, Hook. And uh, I think she was fantastic and also made me realize how focused this was on uh, just the father-son relationship because uh, the mom and Maggie and all the women pretty much were set to the side. And the only way I could really justify that in my head was if... This was all a personal journey mm. inside the mind of uh, Peter Banning. Mm. I mean, and maybe. So, uh, I don't know. Right. Because, I mean, he wasn't even really, he's, he kept saying, like, give me back my son. I'm like, you have a daughter. Give me back my son. You have a daughter. Kind of, yeah. I mean, what was the thing that gave your happy thoughts? Oh, thinking of my son being born. Yeah. yeah. Son oh, born. Oh, oh, daughter. yeah. My daughter. Yeah. Forget about this daughter girl sitting right over here. It's just like right here. Yeah. That's really weird. And she never gave up on him. She no. always believed in her dad. By the way, IMDb photo, speaking of which, Phil Collins has decided to just stick with the one where he was like 32. Just leave it there. He's never going to change Right. It. Well, you know. Which is he, funny because he's really embraced his, the way he Finally he did. Yeah. yeah well, he, because he, he, uh, he reissued all of his original albums, like right. Hello, I Must Be Going and Face Value, but redid the covers with how he looks now, mm-hmm. but, but made to look exactly how the old albums looked i think that's cool i I think we've talked about this before uh phil collins a couple of years ago very publicly uh, shared his uh struggles with aging aging out as a rock star yeah and uh you know trying to make that transition from what he considered a sex symbol to uh to you know (laughs) uh, um, you know less you know being less sexual i thought the whole Uh, balding and having a mullet thing worked for him it looked cool right right and so but he's it's it's good to see that he's embraced who he's become and he's been able to at least at least face that i'm Mm. amused that uh the the modern lineup of genesis announced a reformation and a tour in 2020 like a few minutes before we had a global (laughs) pandemic i'm i'm not saying i'm not saying the pandemic part of that is amusing. I'm saying I'm amused because Phil Collins has been so wishy-washy for decades about just getting together with Mike Rutherford and Tony Scott right. and going and playing some concerts. Mm. Like, Wait, Tony Tony Banks, not Tony Scott. Sorry, Tony, Tony Banks. Scott, uh, director Tony Scott, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's dead. Like, uh. <laughs> he's so, but well, Phil Collins is so wishy-washy that he famously once said that he would rather study the Alamo then go on tour with his bandmates. Yeah. And well, it's he, like, that's major animosity between all those yeah. guys, at least between yeah. Phil and, uh, and then the other two guys. Yeah. We, a lot finally, of we mm-hmm. finally got some tour dates out of them a couple weeks ago uh, that they're actually going to, you know, and I mean like they, they announced it on March 6th, 
2020. <laughs> like that's a, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a tour. <laughs> they called the tour the Last Domino, which I think is also bizarre for the you know the immediate pandemic that swept the globe. Yeah. I just like I'm sorry, Genesis. I like you. I like your music, but this is not working. It's out. Bad. Uh, it's bad timing. What you should do is just the have universe Phil... is trying to tell you something. Exactly. <laughs> just get Phil Collins and uh, Peter Gabriel together and have them tour. Forget about the other Genesis people. Just these two ex singers and have them go out and do covers of Tarzan music from the Disney Tarzan in '99. <laughs> I just want to say when David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar toured together, that was awesome that was like hmm. top 10 concerts of, of my life i did not know that I happened would, i had no idea yeah i would line up to go see uh gabriel and, and colin diamond dave and freaking can't drive Sammy 55 in the same room the yeah. Rock. <laughs> that's crazy to me what did they p- perform uh, old so, Van so Halen what they stuff? did they did they did these like uh double feature concerts where one would come out with his band and play, and then the other would come out, and they switched order every night, mm. and so so that you 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 know there wasn't a, a opener and a closer, per se for the tour, and uh, so Sammy Hagar had that like uh, Wabo Rita's band that like he, he would have like uh, Michael Anthony come out, and he had an amazing guitar player I'm forgetting his name, and then uh, for David Lee Roth to do this tour, he needed a band. And so he hired a Van Halen uh, cover band called the Atomic Punks, <laughs> but not he didn't hire their lead singer, right? Because yeah. he didn't need that. Right. And so he had three of the four Atomic Punks backing him, and all he did was Van Halen stuff. And uh, it was fan-freaking-tastic. Like, I, I again... I wish every everyone could do this. Like I wish Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel could do this. It yeah, would be why not? Great. Get all these ex singers together. I think it's a great idea. Uh, one of my favorite uh, final pieces of trivia here was when the Bannings fly to England. The pilot's voice, that yeah. is to say, the captain of the ship of the airplane, is performed by Dustin Hoffman. Yep. yep. And he says, "This that's is de- your that's why I was definitely speaking. getting." As soon as I heard that, I was like, "Okay, it's been you know, it's been like about a, it's been a little while since I've watched this critically." Yeah, the hook, and so I was like really listening, and I said, "Oh, that's Hoffman." So maybe my theory that it is like just you know a dream world or whatever. It's like uh, the Wizard of Oz right. that way, right? right. So right. you're exactly. saying he falls, a, he falls asleep on the plane, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the movie is there. You go. There, mm-hmm. yeah, possible, mm-hmm. possible. Could Think happen. about it. Was this, definitely, was this... definitely get to fly the plane on Monday, but today's definitely not Monday. <laughs> yeah, definitely there you go. The plane well, on I gotta watch Wapner. It's time for Wapner. But what I'll tell you, I really enjoyed. Yeah. I enjoyed Robin Williams uh, getting ate up by his uh or peter banning getting ate up by his son with just that oh here's the drawing that i made of the plane mm-hmm. and here you oh, are yeah. with no parachutes right yeah right he was a thread ch- shade chucker that kid he was good at it i thought, you're, yeah. good, I thought you're good talk about um hook and the alligator that takes a good seven oh. minutes to fall on him. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, where he just kind of sits there. Oh, oh no, that alligator's falling on me. Oh, still falling. Oh, it's just wow. his head moving still right falling. now, but I guess he's still fall. Oh, okay, wait a minute, is he falling? Still? I'll make it easier. I'll stand yeah. up so yeah. that. Uh, so is is hook hook in a bucket? Right? Did yep. he, what did he ever actually even ever return? Because hook. Well, here actually, we got to play this. Hold on, let's do this. Wonder dog, don't you know it's dangerous to leave a bucket lying around? There you go. I love that. That's a new one. Uh, in the original, uh, hook is killed or dies supposedly from the you know the crocodile is eight so he should be dead he mm-hmm. shouldn't be here at all yeah but this follow-up is you know if hook made it and here he is and now he's getting eight again but he just disappears it's a sequel 
Zombie Hook. They were setting us up hook. for a sequel that would never happen. I don't know if this movie made a ton of movie, money at the box office. I assume it made <laughs> a movie. had to make more than its eighty million. I'm guessing. Probably right. Did, right. I would think so. Yeah. But I don't. And at first, I got yeah. all excited about uh, Dustin Hoffman and Robin Williams and Spielberg. All they said. We're not taking salaries. And I'm like, oh, that was nice. They're, you know, they really believe in their art. And I was like, no, we're taking a 40% split between the three of us for yeah. the total profits. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We'll be yeah. swimming in money later. Bye. Right. Yeah. Well, it's a good way to make sure a movie gets made because um, you're taking money off the back end saying, yeah, I, I, instead of you guys having to pay me up front to do this, you know, give me money, give me a portion of whatever it makes. And yeah. I actually like that. I think that that's a. I do too, but forty percent. Oh, I agree. Man, but but the way they said is a lot. Yeah. Right. A lot. The way they laid it out in the beginning was like they didn't even take a salary. Yeah, but like They're a forty such good people. Right. A, four, right. a yeah, forty you took a gamble. You're a, taking a gamble. Yeah, you took a gamble. And, they were willing to do it, and I think that was a yeah. safe gamble. But forty percent is like a chunk. That is a chunk, man. That's a chunk. That is, but, that, but profits on the back end are imaginary numbers in Hollywood. So who knows? They may have not made any money. No wonder the daughter isn't doing anything that she didn't get paid for this. That's right. Right. That's right. She's like, I'm out. I'm going to do a real job. Hey, guys, walk with me for a moment. And well, I don't know if you're walking. You might be sitting. It's fine. Wherever you're at is fine because I need you to hear this. Do you experience stress or have anxiety or chronic pain? Well, do you or have trouble sleeping at least once a week? You're not alone. Many of us do. I have, especially right now. Uh, Feels is a premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. That's right. You don't even have to go out and get it. What does it do? Well, I can tell you it helps me chill out and relax. Helps me sleep. Helps me try not to think of all the stuff going on out there. Naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. All you have to do is place a few drops of feels under your tongue, and you feel the difference within minutes. The thing to remember about CBD is finding your right dose is important and everyone's right dose is different. So leave room to experiment across a week. You may need to take more or less to get the effects you're after. Uh, are you new to it? Is this brand new to you? Well, Fields offers a free CBD hotline and text message support to help guide you through your personal experience. And you can feel better naturally. Feels works naturally to help you feel better. There's no high, hangover, or addiction. Feels has me feeling better every day, and I think it can help you too. I'm sure it can. Join the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door each month. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel at any time. Feels Feels has me feeling my best every day, and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash filmsack, and you'll get 50% off your first order and free shipping. That's with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com, feels dot com slash film sack to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels dot com slash film sack. You guys are going to love it. Let's let's do clips. I have a few here, uh, many, that is to say. Um, I'd like to ask, what is it? Okay, so this is another John Williams score. It's fine for what it is. Um, you know, not super notable, but it's what it's whimsical and it's Mom- it does what it needs I'm to do. Like, moments of it, I'm like, yeah, I am really. This is spot on. Yeah. And then other moments, I'm like, yeah, this sounds reused. Well, here is an here is one of those moments, and I cannot for the life of me understand the first ten minutes of this movie's choice of music. It's so weird, but here's a taste. Yeah. 
It's just like it's like Mannheim. <laughs> it's like Mannheim steamroller playing in the background. Like, what are you guys so even doing? And for a 90s film, boy, that sure sounds 80s as hell. Yeah. (laughs) Right? At first I went, "Uh uh-oh, they didn't get John Williams for the Spielberg movie. What happened? And then I went, oh, no, he did. He just really screwed up the first part. They got him. They just didn't get him right away. (laughs) So so this this actually supports my theory that the 70s extends a little bit into the 80s, and the 80s extends a little bit into the 90s. Sure. This is an 80s movie this is the last yeah. of the yeah. Movie. yeah nirvana nirvana is waiting just behind a curtain on this movie <laughs> yeah they are they're Let literally that's about true. Our teen spirit Can yeah you smell it? they're they're i <laughs> mean we're Roberts. we were only when this releases in theaters we're three years away from kurt cobain killing himself let alone the mm-hmm. you know the entire wow. run of nirvana like a, that happened fast that life comes mm-hmm. at you fast for the nirvana people Woo. Mm-hmm. Just Nirvana people. Boom it's the Foo <laughs> those nirvana kids just it, woo. yeah it's just the foo fighters that get to stretch it way out but yeah, right. sure. oh, yeah. All right, here's a, a pirate thing. Peter, you've become a pirate. Pirate Harry Potter. Pirate. Pirate. I've become a pirate. I'm working you right now. Abbey. Oh. Miss Granger, quit making out with Mr. Potter. All right, here's a, uh, this is a, oh, this is kind of adult. Why don't they just fornicate someplace else? Yes, fornicate Ooh. somewhere else. Talking about the owls. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, here's a, what's this? I don't know. <laughs> Everybody just shut up! Oh, he's like angry Ooh. acting. Ooh, there's yep. a trope. Yeah, that's a good trope. Man, uh, anybody got a movie? Another um, movie where someone yells "shut up" like that? Uh, usually a parent. Uh, yeah, and then the kid, uh, you know, shies away, and they spend the whole film trying to get back into the kid's good graces after all that. Yeah, yeah. I never, I've never, I never yelled at my kids like that. But they also never did that stereotype thing where they go, I hate you, Dad, or any of that. They never did. I've yelled at your kids like that. I know. you've. Yeah, well, I mean, right. you were a whole separate problem. <laughs> yeah. 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 When's you Uncle Libby coming? Experience? What? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you've totally missed out if you've ever got to yell at your kids, your kids, your cats, or your kids. Which this, is, it, reminded <laughs> me, cats. it reminded me of Kindergarten Cop, right? Arnold Schwarzenegger has to do the huge shut up to uh, Oh, right. Room, right. Yeah, the famous shut up that he does. And the it's yeah. not a tumor yeah, and all that. Up. Yeah. Uh, uh, here's. There, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. I was just like, there's a lot. No. That's a that's a really common thing where a person goes too far screaming. I agree. Yeah. Here's a. Oh, I hate this because it's so not improvised that I just hate it. And you'll know when you hear it. Here you go. She's loved so many children just so effortless, effortlessly. I hate it so bad. Fake stumbling, fake, uh, fake stumbling, and the way he does it. Oh, it's 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 right up there with. I don't see how that's a party in the freaking uh, (laughs) Avengers. It's just so like not the the spur of the moment thing they're aiming for. It just comes off so fake to me. I hate it. Ugh. Just especially this last part here. Let me let me get ahead on it. Effortless, effortlessly. She's (laughs) loves. I don't like speaking ill of the dead, but damn it, that's my least favorite thing he ever uttered. I hate it. All right. Well, probably a little worked up over nothing. Let's do this next yeah. one here. She's a bad nanny, I wrote. Wind came up the door, closed on me, and the children were screaming. Okay, well, maybe get up and do something. Oh, she's totally pulling the hysterical lady. Don't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she's kind of a chick in the bucket, too. She's sort of. She was just hysterical. The last minute we see her. Uh, what's mm-hmm. his old man's flying out the window and she screams again and runs and it's like the first right. minute and the last minute we see her she's all in hysterics yeah. like she opens the door and and uh screeches at robin williams for a good five minutes her whole deal her whole job 
Hook, hook is back. Hook is back. Now, I, I, I want to isolate a little portion of that. All right, so let me play it one more time. Hook is back. Now I'm going to play it. I know exactly what you're going to isolate this to. Is the after part, this that. is the part that annoys me. Hear the phlegm in that old man's throat. Clicky throat, man. Oh, you need a glass of water. Give me a glass of water. I I don't like it. All right, here's Phil Collins for a hot minute. Well, the lab boys can analyze this a lot. So, Mr. and Mrs. Banning, we've uh, wired the phones, and two of my lads will be outside at all times. Yeah, he just. I had to turn on closed caption for that whole part. What do you say? Still not sure what he said. Abacab, what? Abacab. <laughs> Abacab? Another line I think is just badly delivered is this one. Firefly from hell. Okay. All right. Mm. I mean, again, it's just so by the numbers. It doesn't feel, I don't know, fluid and, and Robin Williamsy. It just feels like he read a thing and took five mm-hmm. takes to get it. And I don't like that with him. All right. Here's an obnoxious laugh. Oh, it is you. It is a big you. I guess it's not bad that you're big. You were always bigger than me. But now, maybe this means you'll be twice as much fun. That's not a laugh. I don't know why I called that a laugh. But yes. I didn't like that they sped her voice up just ever so slightly. It was. Oh, did they do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, I couldn't tell. A little annoying. I think she, I thought she was just doing not a lot. Me, 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 me. Uh, <laughs> I'm more annoyed with these people than I really am. I'm just, I'm cooped up. All right. I'm cooped up. It's a freaking, <laughs> I'm starting to lose it. All right. Here's a super dumb joke. Are you related to Mighty Mouse? Okay. See, again, uh, yeah. That's not something you'd right. say in the middle this of that. Is, this would have, been, would have been a great opportunity to just let Robin Williams go and capture the whole thing and edit out the best parts of it and yeah. use it. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't do that. What other mm-hmm. Robin Williams movies? Did, or what other Spielberg movies was Robin Williams in? Anything else? Or was this it? Oh, let me take a look. I think this is it. Um, maybe they just didn't. Maybe these two styles didn't work together. I don't know. It feels like uh, feels like he'd be a good one to use for stuff like this. Um, for Spielberg, like feels like they'd be a good a good combo. I mean, they were very they were good friends reportedly. I remember Spielberg came out after his death and was just like super forlorn about it and sad. It was, you know, artificial all intelligence. He was the voice of Dr. No. Oh, right. The cartoon that's, thing. That is like just barely using him. Yeah. Um I think that's it. I think that is it. Yeah. I wonder why that is. Cuz if they were that close a friend, you'd think there'd been I don't mm-hmm. know, there'd been more opportunities, but whatever. Uh here's uh I don't know what this is. Who's the shrub? Oh, who's the shrub? Okay. Mm. Now yeah. we're now we're with the kids. We're at the Lost Boy Town town now. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Oh, I said I wrote here. No one does take two for this kid, and I really believe it. So here's this. He's an old fat crapper oh, man. He's just letting <laughs> like, go. That was my oh, favorite fat. Lost Boy kid. I kept thinking it might have been like a young Dominic Monahan uh, from. Uh, Lost yeah. Charlie, right, from Lost. right, because yeah. he kind of looks like him in Lord of the Rings. He kind of looks like him, like a young version of him, but uh, yeah, it's not mm-hmm. some kid who probably also uh, didn't do anything was, after this. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I like that kid a lot, though. Um, all right, this one's called "Did Not Like the Flowers." <laughs> oh, I hate that sound. Oof. Get some Kleenex, man. That's a that is a you just pick that right out. <laughs> <laughs> just get that booger out. All right, here is, I wrote, this kid was pretty bad. Welcome back to Neverland, 
bam, bam, the man. What? What? Same kid. Same kid. Bam, 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 ding, dong. Bang, a rang, ling, a lang. Can you say without laughing? No. No. Okay, we'll just go with it. Just give that kid some sugar. He'll be fine. Uh, this made me laugh a little. Lightning has just struck my brain. Well, that must hurt. Uh, made me laugh. <laughs> uh, here's a thing about, oh, flying and dying. He'll fly and then he'll die. But it was so jauntily said that you just can't take it seriously. It's not yeah, really it's the about guy that. who's about to stab a kid. It's all right. It'll fit. Right. It tracks. Yep. Uh, dumbest laugh ever. <laughs> There's that. I actually wow. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. I just, it's not, you know, it's no way that's real. I mean, I know, of course it's not real, but you know what I mean. There's something weird about it. Acting. All right. Now here's my favorite piece of audio this week. I got this from Ibbitt's mom. So this is weird. <laughs> uh, this is an argument I guess you had with your prom, or this is, a, I guess it was an argument that you had on your prom night is how this works. I under, that's my understanding. So we'll see what it is. An argument you had post-prom, okay? So here you mm-hmm. go. He took my toy. She hit my bell. I want a potty. I want a cookie. All right. So apparently you guys really yeah. just. Yeah, we, all night. euphemisms, by the way. <laughs> all, <laughs> every single one of those. A euphemism for my penis. I don't want to know what, right. oh, I want a potty is. I don't want to know what that is. I did it all for the. Oh, that was actually the one that wasn't euphemism. Oh, okay. He right. really just needed to take Right there, he actually sounded like Jeremy Irons. I could have actually imagined he Jeremy took my Irons toy. That. She hit my bell. Yeah, totally. Uh, That's very Jeremy Irons. Are they kind of interchangeable? Yeah, a little As bit. actors, uh, Hoffman and Irons, I would say no. I'd say, I'd say physically Irons no. Physically Irons no. and Malkovich maybe, but not Irons and Hoffman. Yeah. I can't imagine Jeremy Irons as uh, as B- uh, Babbitt in uh, Rain Man. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think if they were the same I size and they both were kind of, <laughs> maybe then. Yeah, again. Then. Tom Cruise, I'm going to kill you in your sleep. <laughs> wow, that. That movie took a turn. Uh, that's kind of what I expect from Jeremy Irons. Sure. I don't know why. I, feel, I always see him as Klaus von Bülow. It's no matter what. Uh, where's the real food? Is this clip? What's the deal? Where's the real food? What's the deal? What's the deal? What's the did, deal? What did, kind of a deal? Yeah. Did the did they get <laughs> real food by imagining it, or I, was yes, it just yes. imaginary food that he could now see, but it was still not real food? They got um, real food by imagining it. I'm, I and couldn't so. they imagine any better looking food? Well, yeah, it was basically all like tinted whipped cream, I think. Yeah, and a Except lot of turkey legs, a lot of sugar encrusted looking meat and weird stuff like that. Because yeah, because if you meat. if you can just think happy enough thoughts to imagine food, you could imagine a Gatling gun, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you could. Well, yeah. Now that you say yeah, it, oh, you just ruined the... That's the thing. These kids were not about the violence. It's like, all right, I want to squirt that guy in the face with paint. Mm. Or I want to hit. I want a, a gun that just shoots eggs. Yeah. Meanwhile, everybody else has swords and guns and... <laughs> shirt swords that they'll stab you with. Right, exactly. Shirt, shirts, and, shirts and guns. Wait, shirts? Not shirts. What would... Sharts? Sharts. Sharts? Sharts and guns. Sharts and, and guns. guns. Now I got to go home. Uh. <laughs> Okay, this was a wardrobe kind of a, change. There was a <laughs> there was a fun sequence where they were calling each other names. Kind of enjoyed it, and we got a few winners like this: hemorrhoidal suck navel, hemorrhoidal suck navel. Wow, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like a mm-hmm. it's a punk. That's band. like when Twitch creates uh, clips yep. and has to come up with random words to string together to call your clip. Yeah, for your for your uh, URLs and stuff. <laughs> yes, hemorrhoidal exactly. suck navel. It's pretty good. <laughs> 
I played bass for them for years. They were great. Also, were don't search for that with uh, safe search. No, no. Uh, here's Math Tutor Pinhead. Math Tutor Pinhead. Yeah, well, yeah, both of them. Here's another okay. great one. I like this one a lot. Nearsighted gynecologist. That's pretty good. That actually sounds like he made that up. It and does. Then, and then they like kept it. Robin Williams. Yeah. I, and it's like, and it's. Bobby, what's a nearsighted gynecologist? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the thing. It's a that's a slow burn right there. I mean, like, like you hear it and you go, "Oh, that's those are funny words." But then you start mm. realizing, "Oh, whoa, yeah. whoa!" Yeah. He means the doctor is getting in there. Yeah, he's got to get all up in it. Got to yeah. get up in there. And that uh, that uh, well, anyway, I was gonna say something else. I'm not gonna say. It. <laughs> nasty grandpa, fat grandpa man. Yeah, mm. nasty fat grandpa man. All right, here's this. I played this earlier, but here it is. Eat me! Jeez Louise. Just wow. calm, calm down there, bud. Uh, <laughs> I really want to think that that's the way that whole argument ended about them calling him and Rufio calling each other names, and then Robin Williams just finally has enough and goes, Eat me! Mm-hmm. That sounds about Yeah, he just wants he wants to go back to his trailer <laughs> so this, bad. Yeah, well, go back to eating fake food. Yeah. All right, here's this. Do you remember your mother, Peter? Do you remember your mother, Peter? <laughs> Suddenly, it suddenly sounds like a young cast for like blazing saddles. Yeah, yeah. We all eating them beans all night and got the farts. I love that movie. We should watch that for a film sack. I know it's a comedy and it's ridiculous, but I think it may work. We'll have to think about it. Blazing saddles. Put it on the list. Uh All right. Here's the best snore of all time in movies. It's a good one. Pretty Ooh, good. That hurts my throat. It yeah. does. It's pretty good though. All right, I wrote. I like this kid. Oh, he, he wouldn't. He didn't even try. He was there. We were there, and he wouldn't try. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's, I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah. good. It's it was, a as a, as a, a father, I'm like, he's oh, a lawyer. Yeah, you bet he's sucks. a good lawyer too. He can really yank people good. around. Yeah. He's like Better Call Saul level of lawyer. Uh, <laughs> he's like, it is like. Let me let me pull it up here because it is like. Uh, uh, let's see. He's an assistant professor of law and the U.S. director of the Canada-U.S. Law Institute at the Kane Western Reserve University School of Law, Jeez. where he teaches courses in corporate law, corporate finance, and torts. Torts? Torts. torts. Not a flourless German cake, Scott, but oh. right. <laughs> torts without any. Oh, without any. Oh, got it. Okay. I mean, talking about the, the hoidiest of toidiest uh, IMDb biographies, like it ends with, oh, yeah, and he was in Hook. Yeah. Oh, by the way, <laughs> was that kid in Hook. But he was, this, he was uh, in a whole bunch of stuff right around this time playing kind of the same character. He was the little kid in Dick Tracy. Yeah. He was the little kid oh. in What About Bob. Oh, right. <laughs> uh. All kind of like the same. Uh, kind of right. a smart aleck yeah. little. I don't. It makes yeah. me like less, way, way less the whole baseball game se- sequence because mm. he's just basically mm. the same kid as from What About Bob. Yeah, okay. same kind of kid. But, but man, all right, I'm a, you know, a 10-year-old, 11-year-old kid. I get to act alongside Warren Beatty, Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray, yeah, Bill Murray. Yeah. Uh, you know, all these. Justin Hoffman. Yeah, yeah. Right. What's yeah. that? I was going to say another one. I couldn't think of one. Some other famous uh, person. Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. Uh, wow. Uh, Madonna. <laughs> Suddenly, it doesn't sound as exciting now, does it? Oh well, I oh, mean, Dick Tracy. You've got De Niro. Who else is in Dick Tracy? Like you got. Uh, you <laughs> got like De Niro, Pacino, Pacino. Al Pacino. Oh, Al Pacino, right? Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a short run, cool career as a kid, and now he's like this amazing, huge lawyer guy. I mean, I think the I think mm-hmm. he's living the dream. He's fine. Good job, yeah. kid. Good job for sure. 
Uh, here's uh, something that sounded like a poop dropping. All right, there's that. <laughs> it does. Like, was dropping. that the baseball landing in the water? I think so. After beating him on the head. Yeah, yeah. I just couldn't get it out of my head. Ugh. Okay. Ugh. And then, uh, are you sad? Are you sad? Uh huh. Every time she would, he would talk into her cage. He had that weird voice thing. Are you sad? It's like two of them talking almost. It's weird. Oh, the echo. Yeah. Like hey, it. Tink, how are you doing in there? Yeah, how are, how, how are you? Are you sad? <laughs> Good morning, I, that was Dollhouse. The, that was the worst thing in the movie for me. Mm. It, it made me look around to see if I needed to adjust my sound. Yeah, <laughs> I hate that. It's just yeah, a little off. It's just, I'd, have her, I'd rather have it be way off than a little off. Uh, here's Robin Williams making a gag sound. All right, there's that. Ooh. Yeah, I know. That bit at the end. Yeah. Ooh. Now follow that with the, the plop sound in the water. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and, and you gotta you gotta stick that that previous isolated mouth sound in there somewhere. Oh, uh, wait a second. How do I do that easily? It's not easy. Sorry. Hold on. Okay. okay here we go. <laughs> I got lost the last oh. one now. All <laughs> uh, right. Well, whatever. Okay, moving on. It's almost on. a new, new feature of FilmSec. Which which audio clips go together the best? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the I think it's these two right here. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that's magic. Uh, oh, I like this line. Looky, looky, I got hooky. All right. Okay. Mm. That's uh. That's what I say when I get a hooker. I say looker, looker. I got a hooker. That's what I say. Yeah, my, what? I don't have hookers. I've never had one. Every time I eat a cookie, I say that. Yeah, oh, there you go. Cookie, better choice than hooker. Nice job. Sure. Uh, phrasing, please. To a ten-year-old, I'm huge. Okay, to a ten-year-old, you're huge. All right. <laughs> oh, jeez, yeah. Phrasing. Well, I'm, glad, I'm glad that wasn't on my prom night. No. Clips. <laughs> <laughs> that been good. I mean, you no, know, it wouldn't have been good. It would have been nope. bad. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, I don't know what this is. Having trouble with the missies? No. It's just a okay. Now here's it's the it's the Wizard of Oz part. It's like yeah, oh here's right, Snee, exactly. but he's just a dude working up the street. It turns out, and you were there too. Yeah, you were with me. Mindy, having trouble with the missus. All right, let's see. Uh, oh, I hate this moment I wrote, and I really hate it. Like genuinely hate this line and its delivery. And this is the this is the line that made me think of, um, uh, Christmas Carol because he's like Bob Cratchit. I'll have you know. That you're going to take the entire week off for Christmas. That whole thing. Okay. okay. Exactly We're, what line you're about to play. Can so I, here, here, it is. here it is. I think you did. Here it is. What did I tell you about this window? Always keep it open. Shut up. I hate it. <laughs> okay. I hated that too, but uh, uh, the whole bit with him jumping down to the dog and finding his phone was <laughs> awesome. That was pretty good. That's pretty good. That stuff was fine. It's when he got with the people. I didn't like it. All right, yeah. and, he, and finally, the movie literally gives you a Dead Poet Society nod as they're end, ending the episode, and it happens here. Seize the day! He yells, seize the day, yeah. which is the carpe diem thing. <laughs> didn't you notice that? Wow. How old is and that movie? Because maybe maybe it was before it, maybe it was after it. So maybe it either predicted it. Was it was right before it. It was basically the year before. Okay. Mm. I think they were making a reference there. That's what I think. It could be wrong. Yeah, Totally. I think so. Carpe diem. <laughs> he probably Cheers definitely had read the script by that point, so maybe he's I'm going to poop on Piccadilly Circus. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's where that's supposed to be. I wasn't sure what... Why? What, now my brain's like, oh, yeah, of course, Scott, that was Big Ben, you dummy. But while watching it, I'm like, what is that giant clock they're flying around? 
<laughs> I really thought oh my that. Gosh. I know. I forgot <laughs> they were in London. Hour. That's what they were. Really? I forgot they were in London. I totally spaced it. Okay, two me. years. Uh, sorry, Dead Poets Society two years before. Okay. I just want to thank you, Scott, for also making a, a sad admission. I, I really appreciate that. Oh, I don't mind. I'm I, I'm I'm as fallible <laughs> as the next guy. All right, here's this: the checklist. Uh, the film side checklist. The kids are sort of okay in this. Check. Dustin Hoffman is only three feet uh, tall. Check. Uh, and finally, I think we're all feasting on paint. Check. All right. Uh, Trek Connection got one from Daryl Skeels, and he sent a few here. Um, some of these surprised me. Robert G- Gatewood, who played a pirate. Yar. Uh, he played a Klingon in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Nick Tate from Space 1999 also uh, played Noodler in this. In TNG, played Captain Durgo in the fourth season episode, Final Mission. <laughs> Captain Durgo. Durgo. Uh, DS9 also appeared as Lila, Liam Bilby in the sixth season episode, Honor Among Thieves. And then there was Cameron Thor. He played Ron. I don't know who Ron is. Played Narek in the seventh season episode, Gambit Part 1 and Part 2. And then finally, Bruce Mercury, the drunk pirate that uh, I think Robin Williams says this looks, looks, looks so real or whatever he said. Uh, he played a Deadwood gambler in the sixth season of uh, episode of Fistful of Dates or Datas. Sorry, not Dates. Mm. Datas. Some holiday. <laughs> I guess that one took place on the holiday. Yeah, some holiday bullshit going on there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so sound- we're, we're yeah. saying that a movie with a lot of bit parts for extras yeah. uh, has a lot of overlap with Star Trek. Yeah. Okay. Got yeah, it. Kind of the oh. uh, the story of our connections, honestly. You don't say. You don't say. Yeah, you don't say. T for typical, I'd give it for the soundtrack grade. It was fine. It just was fine. It didn't need to be anything more than it was, except for that weird piano shit at the beginning. That was dumb. So, John Williams, good job. Uh, now, time for the Twitter post. This is where you guys sum it up in 280 characters or less. Let's start with Randy. Look, hours of completely and uh, unnecessarily extra dudes in costume, fighting and singing, and not a woman in sight. Not a woman, in, just like a Saturday night at Ebbett's house. Wow. that's I knew we were going there, wow. but I wasn't sure how wow. we were going there. It's fantastic. Brian Dunaway. Oh, hi. Hook, like a Peter Pan face massage by a lost boy named Pockets. Is that a Peter in your Pockets hands, or are you just glad to see me? Wait, that wasn't Pockets. It was lost boy called Too Small. That's what Tink said. <laughs> That's what gotta, Tink said. Gotta use, you got to use a bunch of different ellipses in a tweet mm, like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Does count as one character or three? Three. Six. No, wait. Actually, I don't know that. Is an ellipses count as three? If you oh. use the option, there is a there is a, a glyph a character. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. You save you on with that one where you feel like you have to make the word "you" into the letter "u" because you're crammed mm-hmm. for characters. Now you don't have to. But, now you don't but, have to. Just change your but, lips. Yeah, yeah. Single character. If you're my favorite editor at Blizzard, and he really is my favorite editor at Blizzard, you replace my ellipses with dot space dot space dot space, oh, wow. which turns it into seven characters. Oh, jeez, wow. that's not good. for an editor. That seems counter counterproductive yeah. to an editor. Yeah, that's what they do. Still your favorite. Uh, <laughs> we got a uh, uh, oh, who haven't we done? Ibit, your turn. Hook Bob Hoskins in Who Shaved Robin Williams? <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. Perfect. Damn it. Short and to the point. Now I don't love my freaking alternative titles. Because Brian did a better one. All right. I was in almost, this is almost titled Good Morning Vietnam, or Mm. I have my doubt fires. 
See, I <laughs> mine are shitty, and I should have thought of that shave thing. That's very good. All right. Uh, Gary Sizer wrote into our emails, filmsack at gmail.com. You can also leave us a quick message right on the site. I've set it up so you can just send quick ones. I've been doing that for all the shows, and it just makes things easier. So if you find that more comfortable, head on over to, head on over to filmsack.com and do that. I find that more comfortable. <laughs> are you more comfortable here? <laughs> I'm more comfortable over here. Thank you. This is from Gary. He says, cool. I just finished watching Outbreak from 1996, and it is prime sack material. You've got Dustin mm-hmm. Hoffman, Cuba Gooding Jr., Morgan Freeman, Donald Sutherland, Rene Russo, Kevin Spacey, to name a few. In the film's uh, climactic scene, Dustin and Cuba steal a helicopter, commandeer a TV station, and urge the viewers to be on the lookout for the monkey. It's got tons of clips of worthy dialogue, a reasonable runtime, and some score that Randy's sure to love. Plus, (laughs) I love the way he said it. It says, plus it's the number two most popular thing on Netflix today. Happy sacking, Gary. Wow, I I don't think we've had such a good hard sales pitch before. That was pretty, that's pretty yeah. impressive. So, I mean, I, honestly, it's the kind of movie we would jump all over. Um, maybe now's the time to do it. I don't know. Like, right, you know, right? It's, Is it? It's, yeah. So, are we trying to forget the pandemic? Or are we trying to lean into the pandemic? Well, I mean, this so this is about a monkey that carries Ebola, right? Isn't that the storyline? If I remember right, mm-hmm. from way back, yeah. Yep. And so the monk the, the story is less about people catching it and more about them coming in contact with this monkey and trying to find the trying monkey. Trying to locate the right the patient zero right. basically. Yeah, which I um, find kind of ridiculous. And so this, this is kind of yeah, we talked about this pre-show. Uh I think me and Scott are of the of the idea of if you can make it ridiculous enough it's actually a good distraction from the bad things happening whereas Randy's just like I want to go to Neverland yeah. or whatever he <laughs> yes. is. Whatever, okay, yeah. so so we're recording this on uh, March twenty first, twenty twenty, right? If you're listening to this mm-hmm. decades from now, twenty twenty, we're we're sort of in the height of uh, the coronavirus pandemic, right. and uh, for a lot of people that we we know and we're hearing from, so we're assuming for a lot of our listeners, uh, you're kind of stuck at home. Mm-hmm. Like that's just you know this is mm-hmm. right now a, yeah. a strange time where you're stuck at home, and so that means that's different, that, right, than how you usually live your life. Right. And I thought going into this, like for me, my uh, quarantine started about nine days ago. Mm. And I thought going into this, oh, I'm going to consume so much Netflix. (laughs) It's just going to be Netflix all day long. And it's not. It's actually the opposite. And at the same time that this is happening, Netflix has started putting uh, top 10 markers on things that, you know, to let you know if they're really popular. And like the really popular stuff is like, outbreak uh you know a show called pandemic that kind Mm -hmm. of thing Mm -hmm. and uh so it's really creepy i wish our pandemic could be more like a film more more acceptable it's clear anyway for me it's actually been the opposite i have not been able to to watch as much entertainment because i'm busy like well you have a kid at home yeah i'm homeschooling my kid i'm making three three squares a day so i'm in the kitchen a lot you know Mm -hmm. so i'm just i'm curious about you guys like just go around tell us like how has it changed your life the last i mean if anything there's been an uptick because not for me so much i've because our my schedule hasn't changed it's like i Mm -hmm. still my work hours are what they were before if anything they're more um and so if i'm watching anything or doing anything entertainment wise usually you know later at night or something but that's not that different than it usually is the one big change here though is my wife kim who does a lot of stuff all day is having to not do those things and she she, her her only solace is to try to escape into some you know british drama or something like she just 
she kind of needs it because she kind of goes crazy otherwise or worries too much about the kids or whatever. And since all my kids are now moved out, including the last two, which just happened like a month ago, um, before all this or a little bit longer than a month, I guess, uh, it, you know, that changes everything. And so instead of her, Oh, I got to run downtown and do this, or I got to go deliver all your packages on Thursday or all that stuff. We just are like, all right, nope. Let's just make food, hunker down. And Hey, have we seen this movie? No. All right, let's watch it. Like it's, so it has increased for me, but in a way that you don't want, you know, it isn't just escapism. It's more like, well, we, I do this or I'm going to go nuts kind of. Well, I, I live in uh, South Carolina. We have seen very few cases and which is great because uh, I live in an area where people are like, uh, there's a lot of people, I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of people are like, I wish that pandemic would come on in here and I'd God, let's go ahead and beat it up. With my bare fist. I wish I would. I've had the flu. I don't care. I can, I'll take it <laughs> oh, and we'll just no. keep on trucking, baby. Yeah. So, uh, I'm waiting for that to hit us really hard. It hasn't so far. There's no real, uh, lockdown. We, uh, matter of fact, I went to work on Friday. I, I work in a, uh, an essential place. So, uh, it's, it's utilities. And so it's, it's essential that we keep those running and I, I have to go. And, uh, I'm on the road and I'm like, this may be even busier than a normal morning. There's more people out right now than I usually see. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's time of day. Maybe it's we're not in full lockdown out. either. We're a little bit more t- batting down than you in terms of the rules right now, but we're not like right. California. California is like in full lockdown. Other states are experiencing the same thing. But so, so when I, we, we had to go out yesterday to dump some food off at a doorstep because we didn't want to mingle. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we did that and noticed that, it wasn't busy, but there were a fair number of people still out and about. Like it's, it's oh, not, yeah. it's not like the ghost towns you're seeing in New York or LA or whatever, which makes sense, yeah, right? Yeah. Your big populated sure. areas are going to get hit first. Yeah. And then, you know, all of us in the Intermountain West or Midwest and down in the South with smaller populations are going to see it differently. But what the hope is, I guess, yeah. that all those numbskulls re- you live around aren't going to the bar going, right. yeah, man, listen to this. I went in there and licked that mechanical bull this morning. Like, <laughs> Don't let them do that stuff. Right. I mean, and so they're, uh, we, a lot of the larger retail stores are shut down because that they're doing that nationwide. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of the smaller places are like, we're not going to do it now. They did order that um, we only can do takeout so people can't go and sit down in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's good. But very, very light hand here so far. I'm surprised. Um, yeah, I thought that was nationwide. I'm surprised it's to hear it. It still hasn't gone nationwide yet, the whole right. uh, restaurant. It may be, but we, I think they're doing it state by state. And I think just this past week is when they finally decide. And that's when I started seeing Facebook blow up. It's like, what about the small business, man? We, I'm going to still go out and do this. They put a chain on our door. We'll just, we'll just lock, we'll just cut it off. We don't care. And I'm like, all right, settle Mm -hmm. down, settle down. And, uh, but yeah, we, uh, but as far as movies go, the thing I'm having trouble with is that, uh, nothing seems realistic when I'm watching a TV show. So if I'm like, you know, we live in a world that is, uh, that, that this, this pandemic is a reality. And whenever I'm watching something from like the, you know, the nineties or the two thousands, I'm like, 
That doesn't seem very realistic of how life is portrayed every day. Yeah. Also, I can't see anything now without going, oh, my gosh, that's too many people in, a, in one space. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this yeah. is kind of how we felt right after 9-11. We'd see yeah. something and it'd be like, oh, my God, there's the World Trade Center in that that uh, establishing shot. Or Right. Right. Um, or it's hard yeah. to watch a comedy then because nothing was funny. Mm -hmm. It's a, easier right. to do there's that a, now because there's some, you know, there are things we can laugh at during this a little bit. It's not laughing at the people de you know dealing with it, but you can laugh at life in trapped in an apartment with three kids because there's funny mm -hmm. stuff about that there, and, you know there's a fairly new series on netflix called 100 humans and they literally pack a hundred people together in a room <laughs> and do experiments on them and it's you so discordant yeah. Right. yeah i don't think i can watch that it would drive me crazy but i'll tell you what gets what, what's working for me is fantasy and science fiction yeah. so i watched the things that are jumping out to me, I'm like, ooh, I haven't seen Serenity in a while. Let's watch that. Okay, cool. Let's watch that. And then we'll watch, um, you know, Kim wanted to watch. Even it, Serenity even has a subplot about a uh, genetic mutation that got loose yep. and turned a bunch of people into Reavers. And yep. even then, it's I'm still okay because I'm in the land of fantasy enough to not have it bother me. Also, we ripped through The Witcher finally because we just never got around to it. Oh, we watched yeah, it. Yeah. Same thing. Like, we found solace in... This place doesn't exist. These people aren't real and magic doesn't happen. And right. so because all these things are, it's like purely the opposite of what life is right now. And that's working for me. And I'll bet that's true for a lot of our listeners. And maybe Hook was the right choice for that reason. Maybe future in the near future, we should really focus on on fantasy uh, and yeah. and less on real. I mean, maybe maybe outbreaks just too close to the bone. I don't know. I mean, it's real close I, well, to the bone, I'm, I'm right? down with I'm down with looking it in the face and going, um, I don't think there's any time more relevant to go, well, that's not what we do. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. that, was an, that was a thought experiment somewhat with some limited data mm -hmm. uh, for, for that movie. And I would, I would be interested to see how that compares to how we're actually doing it. Yeah, this. it actually kind of still yeah. works here. So I, right. I wouldn't did have it, a problem. Did it hold it. up aspect of what we do on Film Sack is kind of like, oh, well, did it hold up? Right. Are we... Are we more educated I think it's as great. people? Yeah, I mean, I don't feel like it's, a, oh, too soon. I can't watch something like that. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I'd be that. all right with it. Uh, we That's streaming now. Uh, do we want to stick that? Do we want to... Mash it into the schedule? Yeah, do you want to jam Mash. it in? Randy, anywhere? what do you think? Too soon? Yeah, how do you feel, <laughs> Social, Randy? A little, little social <laughs> distance. Want something happier first? Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I well, our next movie is not at all happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Sure. But, it's, but it's a really, really interesting film. And it's been out for a decade now, and I'm kind of wondering if it holds up. Um, what is it? Yeah, let's let's we'll add. Uh, it's it's Moon. It's oh the, yeah, Moon. It's the uh, about a uh, guy in isolation. Another another Kevin Spacey film. He's the robot in there, the voice. <laughs> yeah. So, right. yeah. So we get our Kevin but, Spacey but regardless. We'll we'll, uh, we'll put Outbreak in there after that. Yeah, he's less. Um, I've heard this a while ago. Kevin Spacey's a little less. Um, of a of a uh of an assault uh okay i'll just say the word he's <laughs> he's a little less rapey when he's in robot form okay i said it. Right, I said right it. there yeah wow. i said it uh we no, don't we do not condone or like his behavior one bit but once in a while a no. film sack movie may have him in it we're just letting you know it may happen. yeah it's just it's gonna happen yeah Someday we're going to see Baby Driver for this. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, I still have never seen Baby Driver. It's so good. I know. It's just it such really a bummer. To, to... And it's not it's not because of him or not because of him. I think right. it's just a good movie. It didn't. It it's is. not necessarily oh, for him. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I need to watch it. And I didn't put it off for any of those reasons. I think it came out. It was 2015. Do I have that right? I think so. 
Yes, maybe 2016. No, I think 20, end of 2015. That yeah, sounds right. That sounds right because it was 2016 that this stuff sort of hit the wall for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was so just overly absorbed with Mad Max that I think I, I think I let it slip and I feel bad. I should just see it. So maybe we'll do that for the show. Maybe not, but Baby Driver. All right, maybe we'll get a little feedback this week from uh, listeners on Twitter. Just kind of let you let us know. You yeah, know, what it? do you guys think about us doing that for yeah. Outbreak? Like, we don't mm-hmm. want to assume, you know, listeners are feeling a certain way. Certainly other, some people are more affected by this thing than others. You know, I always wonder, like, when you're watching, I always think of this. I'll be watching The Simpsons and Homer will get his head hacked off in like a, um, a Halloween episode or something. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's all for laughs and ha-ha and whatever. Um, and you know, he'll be back the very next episode, but this is a Halloween episode. So, oh no, Homer's head got hacked off. Okay, great. I always wonder if anyone was ever a family member of somebody who has had their loved one's head hacked off by a terrorist or by drug runners in Mexico or something, can they even, can they watch that? I mean, there's no way it's, it's affected your life forever. Even the reference is going to be enough to, to, to make you just go, right. This this is where I fall into the category of that kind of stuff. I'm always... I'm always hearing it, it, that that is such a narrow subset of people. Mm-hmm. It does happen. And you have to be sensitive to it when, when you mm-hmm. find out yeah. it did happen to someone. You got to be really sensitive to it. But up until that point, it's pretty unlikely that, you know, somebody who is I'm not saying you have it. I'm just saying unlikely. Statistically, yeah, speaking. I just try. You always try. It's it's a tricky thing in podcasting. Right. Just to try mm-hmm. to you're always you're always doing your best to try to not assume you know what I mean? I'm not even using right. the right words here, but it's 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 tricky stuff. And I don't just mean oh, people have gotten so snowflakey and they can't take any credit. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like I I genuinely don't want people to ever feel bad, and I don't want to be the cause of it. I don't want people right. to feel horrible because of something I said. And so when it happens, it's I feel terrible, especially if no right. one told me, and then I find out later or something. Right. And right. so I try to make it right because maybe I misunderstood or maybe I, you know whatever. And sometimes people are just being jerks, but. <laughs> right. uh, but you know, like I, I, our goal here is never to do that. So, so yeah, send us some, some of your feedback. Send do you think that's too soon? Some and, sweet mail and also some hate mail. Yeah. Just go ahead and sweet mail. Send it. Don't sweet forget, mail. you can uh, join the Frog Pants Discord and talk to us. Give us uh, mm-hmm. suggestions. Mm-hmm. For oh film yeah, sack. oh yeah. Big old film sack section in there with all that stuff. Yeah, very active. Lots of people talking about movies in there. So, uh, you can find that at filmsack.com. You can also leave us voicemails. We love hearing those. Eight zero one four seven one zero four six two. You can leave us those emails at filmsack at gmail.com, and you can also Twitter us at filmsack. Leave us reviews. Hey, don't, don't be Twittering me. Yeah, don't Twitter you. us. If you, if you want to Twitter Scott, that's fine, but I'm, I'm not down for that. You can tweet us, but you can diddle Brian Dunaway. <laughs> no. Uh, he uses diddle, diddle.com. Uh, check him out. Diddle.com. Got a great, very great, popular great website. Yeah. Uh, that's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. Fly! We'll see you next time. <laughs> This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com.